Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 132. On this episode, I have Troy Vosberg of uh, Machinery Scope and Finance Scope. And if, for, for those of you that aren't familiar with Finance Scope, it's a uh, uh, for how long about it? A year now, a year and a half now, you guys have been kind of doing the, the whole financing part of, of the what you guys are trying to do here? Yeah, I think, you know, back in April is kind of when we started mm-hmm. really putting things together. I mean, as far as, um, you know, actually, um, you know, being kind of live and doing a lot of business at this point, it's probably been the last six to eight months altogether. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So we, you know, we kind of ran a, a test pilot a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, you know, with some dealers just to make sure that we were getting everything ironed out the right way a little bit earlier before that. But right yeah, so it's been probably a little over six months. Right on. Okay. So machinery scope is the extended warranty uh, company that that's out there and they're great company. You got to check them out. If you guys haven't, they, they do everything from uh, you know, brand new stuff all the way to 10 year old stuff. I mean, they've just, they have a pretty good game of stuff they cover. And along with that, they have launched the, this uh, finance scope and finance scope um, and, I'm going to give you a 50,000 foot view here of it, of a choice. So, so you're going to have to get down into the weeds with it. But the, uh, the main thing that, that finance scopes does, it's kind of that one-stop shop for, for your financing needs. And basically what they'll do for you is you give them the, uh, the customer information and they will go out and shop that and find the best possible, uh, lending institution for that. And they have several that they work with. So Troy, welcome to the show. And, uh, thanks for being on, man. Correct. Appreciate it. Lace. Uh, Casey, it's, uh, uh, it's um, kind of been, uh, you know, an interesting thing as we've been we've been going through a lot of this and, and getting this rolling and and you know we've been pretty excited about it. It's grown um, quickly. You know, mm-hmm. we were thinking, you know, there definitely was a good need uh, for this and, and a niche for this in the market, and uh, it's um, it's it's surprising realistically how you know how the dealers have needed this up to this point. So we, uh, you know, our whole idea with this and, and what we've done is, as everyone knows, you know, machinery scope has been around for uh, five or six years. And, um, you know, the last year, about a year ago, we had an opportunity to uh, form a uh, formal partnership with a company called iron connect out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, which I'm sure many uh, people are familiar with anyway, with their wholesale dealer to dealer platform, and uh, they they had been in the business for approximately the same amount of time as Machinery Scope, and our our idea was to try to combine forces with what we had in place with the extended warranty piece, what they had in place, and to really kind of come together and try to fit uh, and solve maybe some other niches or areas that we were seeing that the dealers might need. Uh, and so we formed a partnership called North American Equipment Solutions. And, uh, you know, realistically, more of the LLC behind the partnership, we're still obviously operating as Iron Connect and Machinery Scope. But Finance Scope is really kind of one of the first things to come out of that at this point. And, and um, you know, with, with my history and, and being involved um, in the ag and the construction industry, uh, it's all been through finance and, and obviously worked with uh, a very large 
uh, equipment dealer uh, for eight years, uh, trying to uh, focus on handling as much of their finance and insurance business as possible. Um, at one point, I believe I had about 110 different dealerships that we were, um, you know, basically in charge of in, in regards to trying to get funding sources uh, and find the right spots for the dealership and the salespeople and the customers uh, to make sure that they were getting the best deal uh, that we possibly could and also be very competitive in the market. Right. Uh, so I, with that kind of as a background, um, I kind of lived and died in the dealership, you know, and, and spent probably 90% of my time uh, in those dealerships working with the salespeople, uh, with the dealers on, on different programs, uh, but also had the opportunity then at that point to understand, you know, really where were those opportunities? You know, I mean, when, when we talk about um, captive finance companies, uh, you know, I mean, they're there and, they, and they're obviously usually the best source for a lot of the dealers out there, um, you know, because of the manufacturers. Uh, a lot of times offering, you know, maybe more of a uh, 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 subsidy or whatever to be able to get the residuals where they need to be to be competitive in the market and to increase market share. Um, but then again, once you get past that, um, you know, and there's other things in the market, which we can get into a little bit later on, um, you know, there, there's kind of a gap. There's an area where some of this stuff just isn't as easy to fit. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of where we want to come in and, and, um, you know, be similar to what we've done with maybe machinery scope, but we're not here to replace a captive finance company or, mm -hmm. or a captive insurance company. We're here to try to fit those gaps. Uh, so that way, um, you know, when you guys are out there, salespeople or dealers are out there, they've got alternatives that they can run to and they know, you know, who could handle that for them. Right. Right. <clears throat> okay. So I, I love the idea. I mean, this is something that I've, that I've thought about and, and tried to figure out how to, how to do and, and, and be more, um, you know, I, I think what happens a lot of times with, uh, with the dealer side of the business is that we get phone, like you said, we get we get focused on that that one, you know, finance issue that or finance uh, company that we've used over and over and over again, and but there's there's a plethora of stuff out there, and there's different stuff to be to be had, and the idea of the whole kind of F and I kind of approach to to that where you have, you know, here you go, Mister Customer, here's here's multiple. Uh, Lending, lending institutions and, and here's how they can help you and here's the interest rates and or here's some nuances that we can work together and, and come up with uh instead of having a, a 48 month lease we got a 42 month lease or a 47 month lease or something something like that where maybe it's a payment structure that they're looking for more than a term that they're looking for all those kind of things so talk about how you guys do that and, and how those different options come into play Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's real interesting and, and you kind of hit nail on the head there. I mean, there's, there is usually a captive finance company uh, available and then there's other great lenders that are available out there, the farm credits of the world, et cetera, uh, that do a fantastic job as well. Uh, and, and I have a lot of respect for, um, but then again, there's, there's a lot of things that don't quite fit that um, or a customer's looking for something specific. That's kind of, you know, maybe outside of the box as well. Um, and, and not to, I guess, go off too far and say that's where we specialize. I mean, because we do have um, over 20 different lenders on our platform at this point that we can work with. And we do have some very good national A credit lenders, uh, you know, that are providing us, you know, rates um, in the upper fours on the ag side, construction side, maybe middle to upper fives. So they're, they're very strong. Uh, we've got some great lease opportunities, um, but one of the things that that I did learn, obviously, with you know 
the time that I spent uh, with the dealer, uh, kind of you know running that maybe finance and insurance division is you know I'd say seven, eight, you know out of ten deals, you know, yeah, I mean, there's there's usually answers for those, um, but then the other two to three that you're looking at, um, you know, who do you go to? Where do you go to? And and at this at this point. Um, let's put it this way. I mean, you know, as well as I do, the salespeople out there have usually got seven, eight, nine different irons in the fire mm-hmm. and, and they just don't have time to specialize in that and, and right. know where to go. Right. And the other issue you run into is who do you trust, right? I mean, there's so many different lenders out there and how do they do business and how are their contracts put together and, and et cetera. So, um, you know, one of the opportunities I did have over that period of time was to really get to know a lot of these different lenders and, and really look for the right places to go to. You know, is it, is it titled equipment? Is it um, lenders that will have options for customers who um, may be getting turned down? You know, maybe we're looking at credit that might be below a 700 or 680 bureau score, um, you know, and, and, and so what we tried to do is really try to build a whole, I guess, you know, probably portfolio that we could really address anything that came at us. Mm-hmm. And, and at, at times, I mean, there are, are still plenty of them that, you know, are, are very difficult to get done depending on credit, but um, typically anything 550 and above, we've got an opportunity on. Uh, which is which is pretty unique, and and the other thing is now you've got one place where you can go to. Um, being a one stop shop, some people look at it and go, well, you, you know, I, I it, it maybe the connotation is always kind of a lending tree, is what they think. You know, that's what everyone kind of knows about. And, and in this case, it's it's similar to the point where we have access to those. But one thing we want to make sure that everyone knows is we don't spread it out to six, seven, eight, nine different lenders. Uh, if you've worked with these lenders and you know kind of what their appetite is and what they like, uh, if, if it's certain equipment, if it's cash down, if it's uh, you know, a longer time in business, et cetera, you could probably pinpoint and focus that application just to one. Uh, and then you always have a backup you know, in mind too at that point. But that takes a lot of concentration and, and a lot of working with them to understand that. And so it's, it's something that if you're doing it full time, like we are great, you know, we can definitely, you know, be the expert in that area. If you're busy doing everything else for the dealership, like the salespeople and sales managers are, um, you know, they don't have time for that. And that's, again, that's kind of what we're here to be able to handle for them at this point. Yep. Now that that's a great approach. And I think what you guys are doing is, is, uh, is a very good, uh, very good catalyst that you can throw out there. I mean, like you said, there's all, we have it happen to us a lot where we've got that, that one or two or three deals that we have come across that we're just struggling to find that what, what's the best fit for that customer and, and be able to throw that to you. And then also, especially those guys that have got, got the, when their, their credit rating might not be as good as, as some others. And you can give them multiple um, opportunities to take a look at some stuff. You know, if you're 550, 600 uh, bureau score and you look at that, and you give a guy three or four different options. Uh, I mean, especially in today's environment, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough place out there to find financing for just even some of the guys that are that are that are really good in really good shape. So, um, kind of talk about what you've seen happen over the year and ha- over this those next last six or eight months that you guys really have been getting after it, and, and what that looks like and how that's transitioned into to what you see happening today. 
Sure, definitely. You know, uh, starting out, obviously, we wanted to make sure that we could cover, you know, both ag and construction side of the business. Um, we wanted to be able to have outlets for titled equipment, as I always remember, was usually yeah. an issue where we were having trouble finding the right lenders. Uh, and then, you know, the other piece of it was the leasing part of it. And the leasing piece of it uh, is, is very interesting, and it's very complex. And, and most of the time, um, you know, you do have a few people here or there within the dealership salespeople who, who, you know, probably uh, grasp it and understand how they can utilize that and, and how the customer uh, has been, you know, probably geared more towards that. I'd say over the past four or five years, uh, you've got a lot of them looking at trying to keep things maybe off the balance sheet a little bit, uh, trying to reduce that out of pocket uh, and trying to keep some of that money in play. Um, you know, instead of putting it into say depreciating assets at that point. So it's become extremely important, but also with that, there's been a multitude of different ways that you can put together lease options. Um, and, and one of the things that I find kind of interesting is, is when you ask someone typically if they're looking at a lease, um, they really only understand, you know, one specific way to do it. And that's obviously the, the opportunity to, possibly turn that thing at the, you know, back in at the end. It's, it's mm -hmm. more of a closed end lease. And, and it's what a lot of the captive finance companies offer. I think it's always the best option when it comes down to it, but sometimes it just doesn't quite fit the payment. Right. And I think, you know, as well as I know, over the past few years, we've ran into a situation where we've had a lot of that equipment come back. Yep. And, uh, you know, the lenders have looked at this and said, well, I've got this glut of inventory and they're trying to move the inventory as well as the dealers are trying to move the inventory. And, and I think it's driven down some of the prices, but it's also driven down some of the residual values. Right. So anytime you drive those residual values down, which are the end of the lease options, now all of a sudden those payments increase. So I'd say four or five years ago, you're looking at getting into some of these higher horsepower four-wheel drive tractors for twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year. Well, now you went back out a couple of years ago afterwards, after all this kind of went through for a few years, and now you're trying to talk to the customer about doubling that payment for the same kind of situation. And it's and it's a really difficult conversation. So there's been some different ways that some of these lenders have put some of these leases together and and some of them will raise residuals by having the customer take a little bit more responsibility. Um, you know, there's opportunities where they can, you know, basically maybe not turn it back in, but maybe they can purchase it or renew the lease again and right. continue to renew the lease. Uh, or there's other options where they can turn it back in possibly. And maybe the lender then sells the piece of equipment. And if they make a little bit of money on it, great customer gets that back. If they lose a little bit, customer is responsible for, that smaller amount that that the lender would sell it for underneath the residual and there's so there's i you know overall there's probably about five or six different lease structures out there and not all lenders utilize all of them so one of the other things we want to do is make sure we had lenders available who offered all of these lease structures as well so that way if we need to get to a certain payment we know that we're not just going you know, directly with one who's only offering one opportunity. So the idea was to make sure that, that we could kind of cover, hopefully, um, you know, what that customer needed or what that salesperson needed at that point to be able to uh, move that piece of equipment. And so the leasing piece of it has been real interesting um, because we, we get a lot of that um, coming to us where they can't quite fit it into that normal bucket again. A uh, customer still wants that lease opportunity, but they just need a little bit less of a payment or 
uh, a different structure, obviously, to get them to that point. And, and um, you know, we're, we're there to hopefully help and, and find that out. Um, the other thing that's interesting is, uh, you know, we've come to a point where we want to do as little as possible to kind of get that handled, the credit handled, et cetera. So we want to make things very simple. And in, in, I think the finance industry, maybe if you take a look at the auto world, um, you know, things happen so quickly. And I think we want that same thing to happen in our world, but then we have to understand also, we're not talking about 10 or 15 or 20 or $30,000, um, you know, vehicles, uh, we're talking about, you know, 200, $500,000 pieces of equipment. Mm -hmm. So there's gotta be some happy medium. It can't take a day or two, right. um, but yet you still need to get it done hopefully within that day. Uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with the application process and, and how quickly you can get that to these lenders. And so one of the things we really wanted to focus on as a company when we brought this forward was making it easier for the salespeople, the dealers, the customers themselves to get that stuff over. Uh, so we've built some electronic applications um, that, that customers can actually fill online. Uh, typically, how it kind of has worked in the past is the dealer still has to take the application, uh, go ahead and get that signed, uh, enter it in at that point, which again takes some time uh, out of each, uh, um, you know, out of their bucket of time that they have during the day. And, and then we've got to kind of wait where we tried to take a step out of there and make it a little bit easier where we can actually have the customer fill out the application. So the dealer can send them a link uh, specifically and, and the customer can fill out the app. They can sign electronically, whether it's with their mouse on a laptop or with their finger on their iPad, uh, whatever it is at that point. Uh, and, and that way it can come over directly to us. Uh, we can work directly with the dealer or the, the salesperson, you know, whatever whichever way the dealer wants us to handle that. Uh, and then what we do from there is we go to work and we, you know, we try to find the right spot for them. Um, the back end of our finance scope website is dedicated to the dealers and dealers only where they can log in and really take a look at all the applications that have been sent over by that dealer and see where they are in the process. One of the things that used to drive me kind of crazy as a finance person is when I would send that stuff off to, uh, you know, different lenders uh, and I wouldn't hear anything back for a day or a day and a half or something and, and really kind of was wondering where things were at. Uh, we wanted to make sure that there was uh, a place that, that they could go to and take a look online and see, hey, are we waiting on financials? You know, is it a big deal where we need uh, something, you know, like a balance sheet or an income statement or tax returns? Um, you know, is, is it in the process uh, that they're creating docs for us? Has it been approved? Has it been conditioned, declined up to this point? So that way they can always communicate with us, but then they also have a spot they can go to really quick if they don't have the time to figure out where things are at. And, and we've, we've also customized credit app links for the specific dealerships. So their link is specific for them with their logo. Uh, they can carry it on their website if they want to draw customers directly to the website to fill out the applications or they can just send the link over by email to the customer. Uh, and then at that point, customer would fill it out, but uh, we are gonna know exactly who that's coming from at all times because it's, again, a customized link for that specific dealership. Right on, okay. <clears throat> all right, so you deal with uh, yeah dealers all over the place you guys are working with, whether it's on the finance scope side or machine your scope side or or even <clears throat> even with the guys over at Iron Connect, which are dealer centric only, you know, they they really just kind of they focus only on what's you know the dealership and, and the dealer to dealer transfer type stuff. But 
tell me what you see happening out there and what's your what's your opinion of of the way things are headed right now compared to what you saw maybe last year you know i think it it, it seemed like um you know things for us being were kind of new obviously things have been growing very quickly mm-hmm. uh so they were even kind of growing i would say you know in in our slower time periods you know january february at that point but um, one of the things that, that has been interesting is, is I've, you know, we've, we've seen a pretty good uptick in, um, you know, some of the equipment, I'd say some of the larger equipment that I think had slowed down a little bit at this point. I really think, you know, um, and, and again, just personal opinion, um, you know, that under 100 horsepower area in regards to tractors, different things like that has really seemed to grow, grown over the past, you know, three years, four years, something like that. And I do see that as being very popular, probably maybe a, a larger area growth. Um, but, but one of the things we have seen is we've seen some of these lenders start coming back uh, and, and offering maybe a little bit more opportunity, maybe a little bit higher residual uh, in regards to leases on some of that higher horsepower equipment, yeah. whether it has to deal with combines, whether it has to deal with uh, four-wheel drive tractors, sprayers, et cetera. Um, we're, we're starting to see a little bit more appetite again as some of that used equipment starts to, um, you know, be sold and, and move along. So there isn't that inventory sitting there again. And so I, I think they're kind of dipping back in. Um, you know, the rates obviously are going to continue to remain fairly low. I don't see, you know, uh, again, a, a big increase this year in regards to something like that. I know at the end of last year, beginning of this year, you know, they were talking about uh, the Fed raising it, you know, multiple times. Uh, and I think that's kind of slowed down a little bit at this point. So as long as we can keep those rates low where they're kind of at, uh, we can get some of these lenders to start stepping back in and raising some of the residuals a little bit, feeling a little bit more comfortable about what the value of that equipment is at the end of term. I really think that'll open up more of those opportunities to move more of that equipment at this point. Um, so I think we'll see, you know, maybe a gradual increase in that but i do think that compact uh, row crop tractor area underneath 100 horsepower is probably going to be our most popular area we're going to be looking at this year yeah what do you see right now that compared to what you've seen in the past the the ratio between leases and traditional notes what do you what do you see different there I, uh, you know, we, and again, for us, it's, it's a little different because, um, you know, we're not getting the majority that's coming to the dealer. I mean, that's always still going to go to the captive finance company, which it should. Uh, so it, it may be kind of select on what we're getting in the first place. But uh, in reality, I mean, we have, um, you know, I would have to say right now, probably three to four out of 10 that we're getting that are coming across our lease requests. Uh, and in, in a, that can be high for certain areas. It can be low for certain areas. But what I've always found interesting is it seems like it's based a lot on the dealership uh, understanding that piece of it or the salespeople understanding how leasing works. Right. Um, you know, I think we're all um, creatures of habit where we don't want to go out there and talk to a customer about something that we don't know 100% about and, and, or feel very comfortable about it. So one of the things I find is you could have a couple dealerships within 50 miles of each other. And one of them really is proactive in regards to promoting leasing. The other one isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's, it's really that, that has a lot to do with it as well. And, and the other thing I think we're seeing is some of the people who have leased over the past five to six years coming back and, you know, wanting to do something like that again. Uh, so now they're kind of into that, uh, you know, they're asking about it. 
so it's it, it's a different approach, and and some of the uh, salespeople out there, I think dealerships have realized that, you know, I mean, sometimes it does come down to what that cost per hour is, that cost per acre. Uh, let's face it; I mean, it's it's a lot easier when you can take a look at a um, you know a hundred dollar per hour or a fifty dollar per hour payment versus trying to sell something that's you know four hundred four hundred fifty. Right. $500,000. You know, you take a look at the auto industry, uh, you know, that's, that's exactly what happened there. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you saw a lot of leasing early on in regards to maybe some of the domestic companies. And it was always interesting to me because you saw some of the, what I would consider maybe higher end brands like your BMWs, your Mercedes, et cetera. And they never really kind of grasped that. I think they felt that their clientele was not a payment buying, um, clientele it was uh you know people who came in and, and wrote checks right and uh it's interesting nowadays i mean you re realistically cannot see an advertisement out there on tv or here online without having some sort of lease payment regardless right of of which company it is yep. and i think everyone's realized that you know it's when you break that down uh it makes things a little a little bit simpler to to look at plus the idea is you know why go out and and put that much of your money into something that might be depreciating, you know, with, and, and try to minimize that as much as possible and then turn around and, you know, utilize that extra money you're able to keep on, on land or, or, mm -hmm. or something else that's going to appreciate, you know, as that becomes available. So. Yep. Yeah. I don't, the thing with uh, trying to keep equity in a depreciating asset to me has always been a, I just, I've never understood that. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of schools of thoughts out there that, that embrace that, but I'd rather put my money in land or something like that where I can grow an operation or, or do something along those lines. So um, it's just, it's a preference thing, I think, more than anything. So I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think definitely that, you know, the guys out there, the people out there that, that do own all their land and mm -hmm. own all their equipment. I mean, that's the, you're fortunate, right. To be right. in that bucket at yep. this point. And, 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 you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, it is probably a great option and the best option for them to just purchase that equipment at that point. But we get a lot of guys in the middle ground and a lot of guys trying to get going and it's, yeah. it, it's fairly impossible to get into the industry because of the cost of everything. So oh, this yeah. gives that conduit, I guess, at this point mm -hmm. to try to be able to, you know, to do that as, as some of this stuff is transitioning from, you know, grandfather to father and father to son, et cetera. So mm -hmm. right on. Yep. Well, Troy, there's been a, there's a lot of stuff going on out there, a lot of options guys need to be aware of and things that are happening. So if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about Finance Scope, how would they do that? Yeah, definitely. We, uh, you know, there's a couple different ways they can reach us. Obviously, we, um, we've got links, you know, with, within uh, the Machinery Scope and Finance Scope website. They would go to www.financescope.com and can get to our website there. Uh, they can also, uh, you know, there's links where they'll be able to email us uh, directly uh, if they would like uh, our uh, number that they could contact us. Our finance scope number is 877-687-1444. Uh, and, and they can always obviously get a hold of us, um, you know, personally, too, in regards to uh, email. Um, you know, they can reach me at Troy, T-R-O-Y. Vosberg, and that's V is in Victor O S B E R G at financescope.com. Right on. Okay. You can also, if you guys are going to go to the uh, Moving Iron Summit, uh, Machine Your Scope will be there, and uh, you can check those guys out there as well. So, Troy, thanks for being on the podcast. Got any final thoughts before we shut it down? No, no, I appreciate the time. And, and like I said, hopefully, again, you know, we can really kind of be that, um, 
conduit for them or, or filler or at this point where, uh, you know, if they, if, if they need that option or, or need someone to kind of concentrate on that for them, we're, we're here to, to, to move iron and that's our main goal. Uh, and, and we're here to supply some service and there's no fees. You know, we don't charge any fees. Um, you know, you could send us one deal a year, you could send us a hundred deals a year. And, and the only way we're going to, we're going to be able to make anything is if, if we get something done for you at that point, which I, I believe is the way it should be set up. And, and so we're here right now and we're running full and we're, um, you know, things are growing and, and we'll be very happy to assist where we can. All right. Well, Troy, thanks for being on the podcast and, uh, we'll catch you down the road, bud. You bet. Thanks, Casey. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Here. Move